Hey, Husky fans, this is Trevor Mueller with Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. With me is college football analyst Mike Martin, and we're going to talk about the percentages of uh, productivity coming back for the offensive side of the ball. And of course, the easy one to start with is Dylan Morris. Dylan saw um, all the meaningful snaps in 2020, all four games. Uh, they really seemed to have a really tight leash on him at the beginning of the game. They had to for... Uh, you know, score sake and time sake, really let him rip the ball later on, especially against Utah. Mike, what are your initial thoughts on uh, Dylan Morris and the progression that he showed? Well, I think that what Dylan Morris did was he, he, he managed what was given to him. Um, but I yeah. think that he was, he was also handcuffed for, for a lot of it because let, let's be honest, they didn't know who they really had in Dylan Morris. Uh, they had Jacob Easton last season. They saw a lot of what Dylan Morris could do, but he was doing, running a bunch of other teams' offense on the scout team. And so I think that when – I think that – and these are all conjecture, speculation, whatever you want to call it, nobody really knew who the starter was going to be because they kept it out of the press. And a lot of the thought was that it was going to be Kevin Thompson. Well, then Dylan Morris – uh, is the starter. Kevin Thompson's over there in street clothes. So then, you know, is he learning the offense? He's, he, let's be realistic. He's a freshman. He didn't have a big, long fall camp where, and he didn't have a spring. So you're throwing somebody that is out there that is so green. And to, to see him um, <clears throat> do the things that he was able to do, uh, he has a good enough arm. He can make all of the throws. He can escape pressure. He uh, runs the ball one time for another yard, and the Huskies' uh, offensive line doesn't give it up an entire sack. So he understands uh, the level and the style of pro uh, protection that the offensive line was giving him. Um, the one thing that, that really bothers me is – um, is late in games where he's going ice water in the veins. Well, get ice water in the, in your veins in the first series, not in the last series. I want your, I want the ice water in your veins because you coldly stepped on the throat of the opponent uh, late in the game and you kicked the crap out of them early in the game. I guess the, the rebuttal to that is if he's handcuffed and he's not able to uh, have as many opportunities to make those throws, maybe the ice has uh, been there. He's just uh, able to show it maybe later in the game. Well, I, I agree. And, and that's, that's why, um, you know, I, I, I understand that he was handcuffed, but, and I, and I, I love the, the swagger that he had. He, he's not in the other team's face. He's in his, in his team's face saying, you know, guys, let's, let's, uh, let's stay in this game. Uh, I didn't like what Jason, excuse me, Jacob Eason did where one time he, he pipes up and gives a halftime speech, the Huskies come back. Well, they had to do it again. They did it against Utah. They weren't able to do it against Stanford. Um, I, I want a quarterback that is going to be able to play four quarters at breakneck. And I think John, uh, John Donovan has the ability. I think he has the know-how once he understands his personnel altogether. He has a full spring and a full fall camp. Uh, I think that this offense 
because you look at it on paper, this should be an offense that could throttle teams. If, if the Huskies were able to do in the second half, in the first half, they're winning uh, 48. They're, they're, they're putting up scores like the 1991 team. I mean, the, the ceiling for this offense is so high when they understand what they have and, and how to execute what they have. Who knows how high this, this offense can go. Yeah. And, you know, before we move on from Dylan Morris, I think you're absolutely right. And this is going to tie into the rest of the offense as well, especially the offensive line is there were two big critiques that I had of Dylan Morris throughout this season. The first one was uh, on crossing routes. It seemed like he was getting a lot of balls batted down early and he made an adjustment where he, uh, he, he, um, changed his his arm slot on his throws and mixed up the timing a little bit. And then, of course, the deep ball that you started seeing him uh, complete later on in the season. Now, that feeds really, really well into the rest of the offense. There's explosive potential all over the field, yet other teams were able to stack nine in the box. And even though this offensive line was big, they gave up very few sacks. There was a lot of times where there were just too many defenders for the amount of blockers. So moving forward, I expect to see uh, them allow Dylan Morris to dictate more through the air at the beginning to allow that run game to flourish. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's the old uh, run pass option in his pocket when he goes up sure. to the line of scrimmage. Um, but is the counterpunch to using so many tight ends to load the box. Um, you know, every time everybody comes up with supposedly a new offense, uh, defenses find a way uh, around that. So the Husky offense has to be multiple, and they have weapons all over the field. Uh, Kate Otten uh, is, is sometimes unstoppable, but finding another tight end, and Jacob Kaiser, if he comes back, or Quinton Moore, uh, Devin Culp, uh, they have some some pretty high-level tight ends that they can throw out there. So, you know, yeah, load the box on the Huskies, but give Dylan Morris that RPO where he can look out there and you load the box, I'm going to throw a little pop pass to, um, to Puka and he's going to house it on you, okay? Give, give it to uh, Jalen McMillan, to uh, Jabez, and, and to... All of you, uh, sorry, Terrell, for forgetting your name in there. Uh, they have some guys that are real burners. And when they do load the box, you have your gadget of Sean McGrew. Right. And moving into the running back position, they're going to bring back all of their running backs. They're adding um, one from this recruiting cycle in uh, Caleb Berry from Lufkin, Texas, another big fast running back who uh is nursing a knee uh, a leg a broken leg so my my guess is you're probably not going to see him till fall camp but with all that said all of the production is coming back when the running back what does that do for the cohesion of the offensive line the running back and the quarterback when they all have played with each other well the 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 first factor was um what you had um, uh, Richard Newton, who was averaging over five yards a carry, but he didn't see the field 
against the two defenses that are renowned for uh, run stopping. Okay. So Sean McGrew is, is going to be easily brought down on an arm tackle by those guys where, uh, where, where Newton isn't and Davis isn't. And so that's why I want to be able to use use Sean McGrew like a DeAnthony Thomas, like uh, like so many of the, those uh, multiple guys that they had down there at Stanford with McCaffrey and Love. Uh, I think that that he can be that guy that can have a lot of all-purpose yards in that offense. So I don't want to really count him as a running back, to be honest. I want him as my gadget back. Now, this is just me. I'm not saying this is what the Huskies will do or should do because I'm an offensive genius, but <laughs> you know, I'm not one of those guys that if you don't do it my way, you're uh, you should be fired as an offensive coordinator. Um, but I see the potential for for a player like Sean McGrew to really kind of have an offense coordinator that can turn the screws when defenses load up one way or, or they do something else another way. I think that that they have enough quality in that backfield that if you need Sean McGrew to get some tough yards, he can still do that um, if the formation is right. And so I think that what they have with with uh, Cam Davis, Richard Newton, Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, Kamari Pleasant actually – had a really good first couple of games. So I think that they have uh, a lot of great running backs. I want to see one guy emerge and say, give me the ball 20 times a game. And that to me, I think Richard Newton, given what, how he has sort of put out there on Twitter, it's like he got his battery recharged and he's seen the game of football can go away very quickly. And I think he can be that guy that can get those tough yards and get those yards between the twenties. Yeah. And that's one of those things that I think for some of these younger guys who have a lot of talent, especially Cam Davis um, and Richard Newton, pass protection is going to be so important because uh, we saw Kamari Pleasant. He was good in pass protection and, and he got to see the field. And frankly, without that first down where he spins out of a tackle, Washington might lose that Utah game as well. Um, moving on to the receiving core, um, obviously the big loss in the transfer portal is Ty Jones. Washington then goes into the transfer portal, gets Caleb Berry's cousin, Jalen Polk from Texas Tech. Um, Washington is absolutely loaded with um, talent. On paper, we want to see more consistent uh, play out of everybody, but the flashes that you saw, especially from the freshman Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan, um, have to make you feel like Washington's receiving core is about to take a big turn. They can take, I, and I, I'm going to be doing an article on this about how the receiving core can take uh, a couple of big steps forward, uh, similar to what we saw when John Ross came back uh, from the knee injury and they had Dante Pettis, John Ross, um, and, and a lot of other decent receivers that, that uh, proved that, you know, they were good supporting cast. I think that, yes. again, I want that one receiver that scares the crap out of offenses. How do we stop this guy? And they have to put two defensive backs 
And that's going to make Sean McGrew better if he is that gadget. And that's going to make whoever the second guy down the line. And I thought Ty Jones was going to be able to do that last year. I think that Puka can do that. I think that Jalen McMillan, I think that Roma Dunze, I think that those guys all have that number one receiver. I want one of those guys to emerge and say, you know, hit me with the ball six, seven, eight times a game, and I'm going to get you 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I think that those are the, the quality that they have. I don't know much about the new guy, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, the shortest receiver is Terrell Bynum at six foot. Everybody is uh, six one to six three. I don't think anybody's over six three now with Ty Jones uh, leaving. So they have a lot of, uh, you know, 50-50 balls that, you know, late in games, you know, sometimes those 50-50 balls with a guy that size going against some smaller defensive backs can become 70-30 balls. Yeah, and looking at Jalen Polk from high school and his freshman year at Texas Tech, um, he's a guy down the sidelines that I'm going to put my money on a 70-30 ball. His balance and his ability to stay on his feet with defenders draped on him down the sidelines uh, is going to be a, a really nice thing to see from this University of Washington receiving core. Uh, and of course, we've already talked tight ends, uh, bringing back Kate Otten's the biggest deal. The question mark now is finding that second guy who's going to be a consistent uh, receiver. Uh, but let's move to the offensive line. What does it mean to have all five guys back? Jackson Kirkland, turned down the NFL to come back because he felt like there was still more to do at Washington. What does that mean for this program? Uh, man, Jack, Jackson Kirkland. But, you know, going across um, Henry Vainavala, Luke Wattenberg, um, uh, Umulu Ale, I probably got it, it up a, a little bit there. Um, and then who's the other guy that, that we're forgetting? Vic Kern. Kern, Victor Kern. Yeah, Vic Kern. Yeah. So you have uh, those guys that, that are all, and I, I don't know if you saw the story that I did that kind of measured them up against Alabama's national championship offensive line. And on par, uh, they're physically there. Are they athletically there? Uh, that remains to be seen, but they, they were able to protect uh, Dylan Morris enough last season. Uh, you know, I don't think that, that the run game, like you were saying, teams loading the boxes, more hats uh, than there, there were on the other side of the ball. So, you know, I, I think that uh, the offensive line is, is very good and to have them all come back. Uh, they lost one, I think going into 2018 and that's when we saw the Washington offense really kind of grinded out on teams. And like I was saying in our defensive uh, outlook, I want to, I think that a, the best defense is a good offense and a good offense isn't good unless you have a great offensive line. And I think the Huskies have that with, with those five guys we mentioned and they have a lot of guys in the wings. So somebody goes down and it wasn't like when Trey Adams went down, you shuffle and you try to figure out who is the next one. There are 
five, six guys that are chomping at the bit that I think are ready to take that spot. So I, I love the high end, but I also like the depth of this uh, offensive line as well. Yeah. You know, Scott Huff keeps putting together really good uh, classes. Um, that 2018 class has five guys that after 2021, and we'll get into that way later, they could be the starting offensive line. Uh, there are so many guys. And then look at the guys that are coming into this 2021 class. Um, there are offensive linemen who are really, really good athletes. Um, some that are right now really raw that can be polished into great um, offensive linemen to go along with their athleticism. But, you know, sticking in 2021, uh, going back to the numbers, 100% of the, uh, the passing yards comes back, 100% of the rushing yards come back, 84% of the receiving yards come back, all of the touchdowns come back. What is your outlook on the offense in 2021? You know, for me, it comes down to having a spring because they broke in that offense with uh, a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback without having the ability to really uh, build rapport with the receivers and the, the trust between an offensive coordinator and the quarterback. So looking at, at how important that spring is going to be, it, for me, that's where I think that if they can get a full spring, come out of it healthy, don't try to win the national championship in spring, uh, just get out of there healthy, learn about each other, become a, a good cohesive offensive unit, I think it could be one of the better offenses in the country because we saw them put up 23 and 21 in the second half through that in the whole game, you're putting up forties and fifties on pack 12 opponents. So, yes, you know, it's one thing to do it against San Jose, San Jose state. It's another thing to do it against pack 12 opponents. They, are, they, they might not recruit at the same level. They might not develop, but they're still, getting big time bodies. Uh, and they, those are power five teams that they were whipping up on in the second half. Well, you got Mike's take. Uh, go ahead and leave your takes in the comments. That'll do it for us. For Trevor Mueller, and Mike Martin, go dogs. Go dogs.